Welcome to Mom Pod, a podcast for moms. We're your hosts, Vanessa and Diana. Come along as we learn together, laugh together, cry together, and grow together on this journey called motherhood. So today's episode was all planned out. We had the topic chosen. Then we come to this week and Diana and I send each other a message saying, are you feeling it? Because I'm not feeling it this week. And she luckily was on the same page. And so here we are. We were not feeling our topic for this week. And we really like to show up to the podcast genuinely and not kind of just surface levels. We are making it a conscious flow episode where we are just consciously letting it flow and seeing what comes together. There we go. Pretty much. We're just going to just talk about things that are currently happening and just just talk and see where our conversation leads us. Hopefully Hopefully something in the conversation will resonate with some of you or inspire some of you and you will enjoy it. I'm just going to start talking. Just see where it goes, like you said. So we lost one of the caterpillars. I'm raising the monarch caterpillars and we lost one of them. It was actually like a warning and it was interesting because I had to like explain to the kids like, hey, a lot of times the caterpillars don't make it all the way to adulthood. So it might not, you know, we might not see them. And we had three eggs and two caterpillars. And out of that, none of our eggs came out. And only one of our caterpillars made the chrysalis. But I thought it was so cool. And I don't know if you saw my stories. I did. I saw your story. And I was like, I felt so bad. But then I saw that you said that, yeah, it's it doesn't, it's common for them to, to like not make it. But I'm glad that one of them. Yeah, I'm so excited. And so at this at this point is it possible to for it to like like also not make it or at this point it's so good? at this point it could still have like deformities or like wing problems like it could still have issues but it should you know at least turn into a butterfly oh <laughs> how think, yeah. fun. that's rewarding healthy. it's really made me like a plant mom i'm not a plant person no i'm not i want to be but i I kill literally every plant. Doesn't That's matter how if it's. I used to be. But then what did you do? Then I started the garden club, and then just I don't know. I think I got confidence in my in what I was doing, and yeah. I just I watered them more <laughs> than I ever had before. Like, and see, but then they say don't water them too much. So, and I also like um, educated myself on like the kind of plant and if they need water or not water, like try to learn more about like how to take care of the plant. Yeah. You have to like, then it gotta. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, that kind of, it feels like parenting a lot in a way, like comparing, uh, I never Googled or researched as much as I ever did. Like since I became a parent, things didn't matter. I didn't need to research things until I became a mom. <laughs> And then oh. I researched everything and Googled too much. <laughs> yeah. You mean like things like hobbies or? No, things like, just like all kinds of things, like things about like how to raise them, how, you know, what's normal, what's not any little 
thing yeah. um, that I see different. Maybe we could talk about kind of what we were talking the other day about our our health anxiety. Like, do you ever? Yeah. Do you ever when you Google? I don't know if this is just me. I'm interested to know. So you get into this like Googling frenzy that you Google so much that like you go back and delete your history because you're like, (laughs) (laughs) like you're afraid of somebody might. So yeah, (laughs) like my husband's going to look at it and be like, you are crazy. Uh, Like stop. Because I swear it goes from what you could see the level of anxiety through my Google searches, like in order. Yeah, (laughs) it starts off with this and then it goes all the way like another level I can totally relate to that because I'm sure that there are people that have done that but I haven't personally gone back and deleted it but I definitely have had trails like that like where one search leads you to another to another to another but I've been more conscious of my anxiety and my like just my feelings I think now as an almost 40 year old than I have ever in my entire life I feel like if you're not learning, if you're not learning something like you're not, you're truly not living because if you just continue every day and you think that you have nothing to learn or that there's nothing to gain, you're, you're not getting from life everything that you can, you know, there's always, always, always something to learn. And there's always ways that we can be, not be better. My thought was going with be better, but it's really not be better. It's just be more of our true self. So the anxiety is there and the wanting and the thinking sometimes can make you go a little crazy. Like you feel like, Oh my gosh. And can get overwhelming to the point where it'll start like showing physically, you know, through a lot of different ways and it's different for everyone. But like in anything, I think the first step is really recognizing it and that learning and growing and figuring yourself out is so important because it allows you to recognize and say, okay, well, you know, this is what I'm feeling now. How can I turn this around? And what do I need to do to not make me feel this way? Because it's not reality, you know, and we have to take it moment by moment and, and really try to learn how to, how to talk to ourselves and change that. Yeah. I can tell you as well from my side, I know you have the same kind of situation that it's been a heightened sense of anxiety, specifically health anxiety. Um, And specifically the last two years, uh, we've just went through a pandemic, a health pandemic. And that's enough to, to drive someone who doesn't have anxiety crazy. So those with health anxiety, it just, you know, it enhances the anxiety. I know personally, I've been really struggling uh, with health anxiety the past two years. A little bit before the pandemic started. So when the pandemic started, I was like, oh my gosh, I was literally that person, you know, literally wiping everything down. And I didn't want to be that person. But like when you have anxiety, you understand like you can't move on to the next activity or or move on to the next thing until you don't close the chapter of like cleaning everything before that, because then that's all you'll think about. I don't know if it happens to you, Diana, but... (laughs) And those with health anxiety, let me know if you understand. If I am at a place and it's really dirty and someone coughs on me and I need to walk, I need to like go and clean my hands and I don't, I will be thinking about that moment for the next 
three days and on the third or fourth day I'll be like oh, am I sick no I'm not sick okay whoo it didn't get me sick does that happen to you sometimes I wonder is that health anxiety or is that like an OCD like what what is exactly I think what... there's a point where they merge like where you are you get obsessive over uh not having not getting sick you know what that's a good thing to like research because I would actually, love to know. Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now because I'm Googling symptoms. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, let me see. No, illness anxiety disorder, sometimes called hypochondriasis or health anxieties, worrying excessively that you are or may become seriously ill. You may have no physical symptoms or you may believe that normal body sensations or minor symptoms are signs of severe illness, even though a thorough medical exam doesn't reveal a serious medical condition. You may experience extreme anxiety that body sensations such as muscle twitching or fatigue are associated with a specific serious illness. Um, does that does that happen to you? Like that if you feel any happens. you feel any little thing, you're like, oh my gosh, like what is that? Yeah. yeah. Any little thing way. and it's the worst of the worst. It's cause you because with anxiety makes you do that. You think of the worst case scenario. And so if you have a little bump on somewhere on your breast or something you automatically and that's alarm for anybody right like because there are things you know things that are alarming but okay let's take it something more simple like headaches headaches or dizziness it could be like a simple vision problem you just maybe have to up your prescription on your glasses or whatever it could be that you didn't have enough water or right you're dehydrated you just have a headache because of the sun or something No, automatically your brain goes to, it's the worst of the worst. I need a doctor's appointment now because they're going to diagnose me and I'd rather know now. And and it just becomes this crazy thing. When I go through anxious episodes, I call them, that they last a couple of days. On the like third or fourth day, I have this pain like in my shoulders and in my neck because I've been so tense for the past three to four days that the releasing of it just leaves that pain. And so it's funny that yeah. you're saying that because I'm I'm actually sitting here recording and I feel I feel the tension on my shoulders and I feel the tension on my neck and anxiety is crazy. It really like creeps up and, and you don't even know that it's there. And all of a sudden, like you realize, whoa, like, yeah, this is what I'm feeling, you know. And honestly, I didn't feel this or I don't know if I just didn't recognize it or if I... I don't know, but I really didn't feel this until the whole COVID thing happened. And I did. I spent the first six months afterwards was very difficult for me. I I was one of those that just stayed home, just stayed away, just just avoided. Uh, and it definitely was due to anxiety that I was having. And I think it, it all is part of a fear, obviously, the fear that something bad is going to happen to to the ones that we love or to us. and once you recognize it, though, it's like, whoa, you, when you see it, like you feel it. It's, it's so true. And it's also extremely crippling. And it's something that will hold you back. If you don't take a hold of it and learn ways to cope with it, it's going to hold you back from being all that you want to be in life. And whether that's be a better mom, be there, you know, with your husband, or whether you want to move forward and start your business or do something grand, 
it's really hard to move forward when you're in crippling anxiety. And I get it so much. There are episodes where I've been extremely motivated to, like I'm working on cert- a certification and I'm extremely motivated to do that. And I, I work on my personal business and things like that. And then all of a sudden, anxiety creeps up and completely depletes me from head to toe where for days for like a week and I cannot do anything but the basics and my family knows when I'm anxious or feeling anxious because like I'm more irritable I am just a very making sure everybody takes their vitamins and if they didn't take their vitamins I'm freaking out giving everybody vitamin c things like you you can just tell already when I'm in an anxious episode um, I'm very introverted. I keep to myself uh, during those moments. And I will tell you, it's so hard to move forward when you are in crippled health anxiety. That's why having this conversation hopefully is is going to kind of put light on the fact that we need to talk about this more. Because I will tell you, I never put a name to it until recently. I just thought that I was I didn't want to get COVID or I didn't want to do anything but no it's just it's so much deeper than that it's so much more than that and it affects us in every aspect and a lot a lot of people are going through it and it's something that when you talk to someone about it especially someone who knows exactly what you feel and you realize okay I'm not crazy I'm not the only one that did that I'm not the only one that thinks like that okay it's like it's it's a thing it's not me that has it's not me with the issue it's an issue that happens to more than just one person and then you don't personalize it you don't think that it's just you and that helps when you're trying to to cure yourself or to at least deal or cope with it yeah I think it's all about figuring it out understanding it and figuring out the best way for you to cope with it for sure and going back to what you were saying about the someone coughing on you so I can't say that I've thought about it like for days, but I, my, my family will tell you, and this was even like as a teenager. So I guess it actually went back even farther for me and I just maybe didn't recognize it. But that what you said made me think about this, that whenever someone would sneeze around me and this, this is literally like 20 years ago. Okay. So <laughs> that, definitely pre COVID like type of thing. <laughs> um but anyway, so whenever someone would sneeze around me, I would feel like I could literally see their sneeze traveling and like hitting my body. I don't know. Like that's what it, I pictured it in my head and just all the germs uh-huh. falling all over me. I was so disgusted by like anybody sneezing around me. And if I was like in a vehicle or an enclosed space and somebody sneezed that was like the worst but it was I always like sat by the window so if that happened I could just lower the window (laughs) (laughs) and and I you know I felt like the air was clear or whatever but it's so real like it really it's a thing it really is a thing um it's interesting the fact that you thought to sit by a window in case that happened (laughs) That just tells you, yes, you did have a little bit of health anxiety back then. Like it was brewing up for you. Yeah, yeah. But they knew, everybody knew, like if I sneeze around, like, because I was vocal about it too. I didn't even like try to hide it. Like I would be like, ah, I would like cover my face. (laughs) 
so they all knew and then I was always a crazy person too because pre-covid I I hate like that's yeah. crazy how that's a term now you know that's it's like before covid now, yeah. and after covid like so pre-covid I was still that like person that would wipe down tables I think I've mentioned this before like on the podcast too but I was that person that would when we went to a restaurant we would wipe down tables like my family always looked at me like a chicken with his head cut off because I would like wipe down slides and like you know I was always obsessive about the germs you know and as when my kids were babies I like if anybody would like touch their hands I would like wipe it right away or literally go and like wash their hands you know, and I think that's when it really started is when I became a mom. And when I had kids is when it really started. And there's definitely been moments that have been harder than others. But it's been a process just kind of learning, learning and going through it. And one thing I wonder if, if health anxiety is triggered by postpartum depression, and it's just what lingers the longest, like anxiety, because it, it, so common like for moms to have you know postpartum depression and then and then it goes away but the anxiety still lingers and years later we're sitting here suffering from health anxiety and um, things like that and maybe that's what triggered it to begin with you know that's a good point because I know that some people have um, that as a symptom of postpartum depression like they get afraid that their child's gonna die you know like they they're afraid of that fear is like exacerbated yeah that's a good point it probably could be so it there's health anxiety and then there is the OCD so I think do you feel like you have a combination of the two I I know that I do it so that I don't get sick I don't do it because I'm like super clean and everything has to be clean I don't know the exact definition but I feel like it's like repetitive behaviors because you, you feel the need to do the, the, the things like yeah, over and over and over it again. It says, um, having a tendency towards excessive orderliness, perfectionism, and great attention to detail. Yeah, I don't have that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> but I, I literally, I just do it so that I do not get sick. I don't okay. do it because I feel the need to be organized or like clean all the time. So I really think it stems more towards the health anxiety, like my personal one I kind of like self-diagnosed myself but it's obvious to me that it's you know a health thing um also another thing I wanted to talk about was like trigger words because it's so interesting that it doesn't at least for me it doesn't have to be something physical that triggers me it can be a word and I'm not going to say it because I don't want to trigger but like the c word yeah it's such a trigger for me like just literally ruins a good couple of hours for me until I forget about it. Just seeing it somewhere or hearing it. And everyone has their own triggers. You know, it's important to tell the people around you, like at least your family, please either warn me when you're going to say it or don't say it around me because it will trigger me. Yeah, it's really interesting that words trigger, you know, I don't know if it's the same with you. I could see that for sure. Words being triggers. So what helps you when you're anxious? Self-talk, just kind of bringing myself to the present moment and, you know, literally telling myself that everything's okay. Uh, Praying to God, praying, praying definitely helps me. And just 
living in the moment and bringing myself back to the present and saying like in this present moment everything's okay i'm okay my children are healthy positive affirmations have helped a lot in controlling that feeling that anxiety and talking yeah. about it yeah yeah like when you said reminding yourself that everything is okay in this moment like saying like right now right now in this moment i'm perfectly okay my children are here they're like they're here they're perfect they're okay and just reminding yourself like right now what's true right now i heard somewhere that depression is when you're focused on the past and anxiety is when you're focused on what's going to happen in the future or you're nervous about what's going to happen in the future and but when you're in the now that's when you're like in the sweet spot so it's reminding yourself forget the past don't think about the future what's true right now another major thing and i talk about it all the time i talk about it more than i actually do it because it's so good for me but i need to make more time for it meditation to me has been the number one cure all for everything uh, going on in my head i will be in one of my anxious spells for a week and not meditate because i'm not in the head space to like decide to do something good for myself and because that's just how anxiety works but when I have the moment of clarity and I go to my meditation chair and I sit and I meditate for a good 20 to 30 minutes because it takes me that long it takes me long to get into the zone of meditation and I like for if I'm gonna sit and do it I like to be able to get something out of it so however long it takes me to get into the zone where thoughts are not flooding my head however that that's how long it takes but when I get up from that chair after my meditation, I swear I am a different person and I feel clarity. I feel just completely in the now because that's what meditation does. You, you forget everything and you focus in the now. What, what is my breath doing now? It's going in. Now I'm breathing out. Now I'm breathing in and now I'm breathing out. And when you sit, and you focus on the now that automatically stops all of your fears and you forget, you forget your fears for that moment. So when you get up from that chair or from that floor, you're able to move on with more clarity and maybe that's it, that your anxiety spell is, is done and you're ready to go back to, to a more normal life for a bit. And I don't know if there's a cure for anxiety. I haven't tried to go to any therapist for it I know that it doesn't really go away that easily it's not like you meditate once and you're never going to be anxious again personally I just know how to manage it and to me that's how I manage it when it happens I let it happen I meditate on it I'm back to normal and I move on and that is how I'm personally managing it in this moment when I feel it, I feel it mostly towards myself and my kids. So is that the same for you? Yes, that's the same for me. I feel it only actually with myself and with my kids. And it goes on a revolving thing. So I'll worry about myself for weeks. And once I'm better and I brush that off, then my attention tur turns towards one of my daughters. And then after that's done, then I turn towards the other one. And it's not usually at the same time. <laughs> they like It's a revolving thing where we take turns but yeah and it's funny because I just finished one of those moments with my youngest daughter it started out with 
she was going to the bathroom a lot and it was for like one or two days where she was just seeing a lot. And I automatically started Googling and side note, never do that. I mean, I say never, but yes. you know that. <laughs> that's a very good side note. That's yeah. a, one of the things that has helped me is to avoid Googling. <laughs> it's really hard not to Google because if you're like me, you want the answer like right now. But anyway, don't do that. But I did that. And it brought up, you know, some sort of disease like Google usually does. And so I got on the on-demand doctor because it was either I drive her to the emergency. (laughs) I'm laughing, but I've done it so many times in the past just because I want to know right now. I can't wait two weeks for a doctor's appointment to know. So I got on one of those on-demand doctors, paid $70. But luckily, this doctor, he's a pediatrician in Orlando, and he was so nice. He completely put me at ease. I told him all of the symptoms. Well, there was only pretty pretty much one symptom, which was that she was going to the bathroom a lot. And he was like, and I'm like, I think it's this. And he's like, "Mm, no, like, no, ma'am, it's not that. It's, you know, the fact that she is just learning and getting acquainted with her body. She doesn't want to pee in her pants. So she tells you, you know, I need to go to the bathroom. Any little like sensation that she gets. And he said that this is such a common problem with other children that he's able to tell me that. And aside from that, she didn't have any other symptoms of anything. So basically, he was trying to tell me in a very nice way. It's your anxiety. I don't suggest that all the time. Like when you have a lot of physical symptoms or your child is like discolored or feeling fatigue or something, take them to take them to a doctor to emergency right away. But at this moment in time, at this for this particular situation, it was able to bring me so much peace and calm. Like after I got off that call, like my shoulders dropped and I was able to like go forward with life because before that I was literally laying in my bed in the dark in um the fetal position. I was literally that's what the anxiety wow. does to me. My husband came in, he turned on the lights and he's like, get on the computer and get one of those doctors right now. Wow. Um and more for more for like my daughter, he he did it for me because he already knows, you know, how to help me. It's either that or a Disney trip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are his like fixes. Uh, oh my god! But yeah, um, I, it's funny because my husband too plays a role in like he played a really big role in me recognizing like my anxieties, and he's so much better about it than I am. You know, I think he just looks at the. Like he looks at the whole picture where I'm like fixated on this one thing. He looks at the whole picture and he helps me to see that too. So I can relate to you on that. And it's crazy though, because when you feel this anxiety, at least obviously not when it's, well, maybe even when it's your kids, the anxiety is so crazy that when you, when you're going through these like moments of fear and anxiousness, you bring upon symptoms like physical symptoms that you really feel so it's so confusing and such a crazy place to be in to know that your anxiety is causing this but also still fearing like from the anxiety and you know it's like a a cycle that you could definitely get stuck in if you're not you know aware and really conscious about getting out of it I was thinking about it too and something else that really helps me to cope is just being honest with those around me about what I'm feeling and talking about it and saying, hey, you know, 
I'm feeling this way. I have this anxiety and like not trying to hide it because I feel like a lot of times people feel shameful that, that they have this anxiety. Cause it's like, you know, am I crazy? Or I don't know what, what the, the negative feeling so much is about it, but it's that what are people going to think that I'm going through this, you know, and it shouldn't be that way. So talking about it and letting others know, letting those around you know what you're feeling really helps because I feel like it helps them to better like navigate their relationship with you and just work with you. And it helps us as the ones who feel it because we're able to get it out and talk about it. And I think that that always plays a big part in getting over that hump whenever you feel it, you know. I didn't think we were going to go there today, even though, you know, we had this conversation a little bit. We touched the surface of it when we saw each other the other day, and I didn't think it would turn into a, a podcast episode, but here we are, and that's what today turned into. So, <laughs> yeah. That's I what mean. flowed. I think, you know, sometimes when things flow naturally like that, it's somebody needed to hear it, or we were able to help someone or someone help someone not feel alone. So, yeah, I and think I- that's what was meant to come out today. And help ourselves in the process, too, because the Lord knows it's just as much for us. (laughs) That's correct. That's right. This podcast is very therapeutic. It is. (laughs) So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you resonated with, with anything that we talked about, please let us know. Follow us on Instagram at the.mom.pod. Send us a message. DM us. We love to hear from all of you. If you're suffering from anxiety, know that you're not alone and that there are definitely resources out there and ways that you can cope. Today, we'll leave you with this thought from Wayne Dyer. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Change.